Welcome to GW Integrative Medicine, the podcast about disease prevention and health promotion from the Office of Integrative Medicine and Health at the George Washington University School of Medicine and Health Sciences. I'm Dr. Lee Frame, Director of the Integrative Medicine Programs here at GW. And I'm Janet Rodriguez, the Office's Administrative Director. Today, we're going to talk about GW's recently launched Resiliency and Wellbeing Center to help uh, healthcare workers, trainees, and staff with stress management. We have with us Lorenzo Norris, MD, the center's medical director and chief wellness officer for the GW School of Medicine and Health Sciences, GW Medical Faculty Associates, and the GWU Hospital. And Lee's going to be a part, uh, be on both sides of this conversation because she is the center's associate director, and I'm the new administrative director. Uh, so the team's all here. And we are glad that we are all here. Welcome to the podcast, Lorenzo. Lee and Janet, thank you so very much for having me on the podcast. Uh, I've been looking forward to appearing on the podcast, and I can't wait to talk to everybody and discuss the Resiliency and Wellbeing Center. Absolutely. So maybe we'll just get right down to it. What is the Resiliency and Wellbeing Center, and what is resiliency? What is well-being? Okay, well, that is a Two excellent points in terms of the uh, starting out uh, questions, Lee. The Resiliency and Wellbeing Center, in a nutshell, is ideally a place where uh, folks in the GW medical enterprise, whether they are faculty, staff, residents, or uh, undergraduate uh, students, whether in the medical side or health sciences side, can come and get education as well as select treatment and support in regards to building and maintaining their own resilience as well as their well-being. So the Resiliency and Well-Being Center actually partners with a number of entities across the GW Medical Enterprise, whether it is uh, Colonial Health, whether it is, um, if you were the Department of Psychiatry, whether it's just as uh, pleased to be working with you, Lee, uh, the, uh, in uh, the Office of Integrative Medicine. So the Resiliency and Well-Being Center is a coordinating hub as well as a central uh, source of education and workshops as well as select treatment and support for particular occupational stress issues that affect medical uh, folks in the healthcare professions more so than the general population. And key to, two key ones just to start us off would be burnout as well as moral injury. Lee, what is whole person health? That's a great question. So uh, <clears throat> I feel like the concept of whole health is something that's coming out in the in the field of integrative medicine to really emphasize what integrative medicine is already about, and that is treating the whole person and providing care for all aspects of a person and their life, to making sure they have everything they need to be completely well, so for their entire well-being, um, and, and well-being being health and wellness. So it's all aspects of that mental health, mental wellness, physical health, physical wellness. Um, And there are a few key components that contribute to whole person health that we really focus on. But the whole goal of whole person health is to give people what they need for their purpose. So what gets them up in the morning? What do they need to make sure that they can get up in the morning every day and, and provide purpose to themselves and to those around them. Um, And that's what whole person health is. And we've decided to make that kind of the foundation of the Resiliency and Wellbeing Center, right, Lorenzo? Correctly, correct. And and thank you for defining that. And I'm actually going to go back and talk a little bit about resilience and how we think about it in regards to the Resiliency and Wellbeing Center. Resilience is a, a simple way to think about it is how we adapt and grow through stress and adverse situations. And I emphasize grow. 
Some people, depending on who you talk to, they're going to say, we get stronger. Well, you know what? That isn't always the case. Being Mm -hmm. resilient isn't always getting stronger, all right, per se. But what I do think about in terms of resilience, it is discovery and it's growth about different aspects of yourself. There's a couple things about resilience that really deserve mention, though. It is a dynamic process, all right? It's not necessarily, per se, an attribute that either you have or you don't have. It is a skill that all of us have and and have the abilities to develop it. And again, it's the idea of growth through stress or adversity. So got to tell everybody, you don't get resilient by not going through something. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons Mm -hmm. why we emphasize it. So, I mean... You, if you're going down or binging Netflix or whatnot, well, depending on the show, I mean, I guess you could be resilient if it's a bad show. (laughs) But nonetheless, for the most part, though, you're going to have to test. You're going to have to push yourself. And in in the healthcare professions, um, everybody, particularly in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, and we're in the Delta phase of it, has been pushed to extreme limits and their resilience has been tested. So when when we were talking about the resiliency and well-being center, and we already defined whole person uh, care and, and well-being. We wanted to emphasize resilient, and that is growth through adversity. Because anything else, you're just not reality based. You're you, you're going to face adversity, and you do have the capability to grow and to develop for uh, from it. And the resiliency and well-being center is here to support those efforts. Yes, that's a, I think a really important point. And I think in general, we, we try to have a growth mindset and, and and nothing is sort of set in stone. You could always change things and evolve. Um, but for some people, that's a, kind of a difficult concept. So how, how do you build resiliency? How do you gain these skills? Okay. Well, okay. How do you build resiliency and how do you gain those skills? All right. There's a couple of different ways in which you can start to think about it. And they are definitely evidence-based. Okay. I'm going to give you a couple of them because I don't want to just dominate the podcast in regards (laughs) to it, but we're going to give a couple of them. All right. Um, One way in which you build resiliency starts with your attitude and your belief system. And that is how you keep a realistic but optimistic view of the world and the future. In other words, you are not too negative, but you are also, if you will, realistically positive. What that's going to do, if you really start to get into the kind of a bit of the neuroscience of it, you're going to be directing your attentional focus and your energy at things that what you can control. You're going to be able to identify things that you still find meaning in and purpose. So again, that sense of optimism fuels everything. Another key component of how you build resilience is confronting your fears, all right? So whatever it is that may uh, be going against you or whatever it is that you are fearing or something of that nature, you need to practice confronting it. And a lot of times the greatest thing in life is your availability. So I'll use myself as an example. I might, and I frequently did, I had a deep-rooted fear of getting on my elliptical, every morning or whatever, because I was just like, I'm going to be exhausted. I'm not going to feel like doing it. I'm going to, but you know what? I need to do that first thing in the morning. I need to confront that. All right. And then once I do that, that's going to start to build confidence. That's going to start to build, again, without getting into the neural networks of it, you're going to start to build belief in yourself. So two things I wanted folks to focus on was spirit of optimism, realistic optimism, as well as um, confronting your fears. This, the two things that I just gave you were very, very much evidence-based. And if studies that have been done on folks that have demonstrated extreme resilience, such as people that have survived being prisoners of war, people that have survived horrific events in their life, these were two, if you will, of the top, the big 10. Um, 
in terms of resilience. There are others, but one thing I do want to, uh, one more that a uh, bonus one that I do want to talk about in terms of resilience, it is the quality and the meaning and the character of your social connections. As a species, we are wired to connect. Make no mistake about it. COVID, not only does it cause significant morbidity and mortality, it divides. We are wired to connect. The purpose and the, the meaning that you find in your connections at work, as well as in your family and your immediate environment, absolutely, the, uh, if you will, determines resilience. And you don't have to really think that long about it. I mean, anybody that's been in a team or anything of that nature will know that there are times when you're like, whoa, this is just too much, or how am I going to do this? And sometimes you don't do it for the external reasons or whatever the goal is, but you do stay in there to support your team. And that's mm-hmm. where your link is. So that's why I've always been so happy, Lee, that you and Janet are here because some days I'm like, dude, this is like, <laughs> I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm out the door. I'm not, but I'm like, then I look at you all, <laughs> that you all are pleasant. And then we'll have a joke. Someone, I think someone put up some earth, wind and fire. And I'm like, all right, Lorenzo, let me just like, all right, let me shake it off. All right. <laughs> Even if it doesn't work out, the team's going to be cool. So that's a example of it. So I just gave you three practical ways in which you can start to think about it. Obviously, you can get a bit more nuanced in how you build it and how you go about it. And I'm going to transition to Lee because another big way in which people do build resilience is their awareness of their themselves and their their life, and that gets into mindfulness. And so, Lee, I know that you you got you might have a bit to say about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like I'm a great example of why mindfulness is important because I was the kind of person who was always too busy to do everything, you know, like you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're doing X, Y, Z and you can't, you, you can't even give yourself time to think, let alone checking with your emotions or how your body is feeling. And that's a recipe for disaster. And unfortunately that's what most people in our society do because we just think we're too busy to take time for something like mindfulness or meditation or yoga or any of those things that help us with that mind-body connection. But they can be really simple. And that's what really turned my mind is, you know, you could just take a few deep breaths and it really changes the whole, the way your body functions, the way your brain is functioning, your outlook. And taking that time to connect with yourself, like you need to take the time to connect with others, is very, very important. And I, I think the tide with self-care is part of that. People are starting to recognize that what we've been doing and just like not taking care of ourselves and pushing ourselves until our either our minds or our emotions or our bodies break is just not cutting it. It's not going to work. We aren't being as productive as we could be as if we were optimizing our, our resiliency and well-being, but through self-care such as mindfulness or mind-body exercises. So it's great to see that that tide is changing, but I think that people are still a little bit um, struggling. They're, people are struggling to incorporate this into their everyday life. Um, and it needs to become a habit. Ultimately, we want to have healthy habits that we don't have to think about them because sometimes that's the hardest part, right? Like thinking about, oh God, how am I going to mm-hmm. make this happen? So if you just, what I do is I put things on my calendar, like this, I'm going to meditate at this time every day. And then it becomes just part of my day and I don't have to think about it. In fact, my, my calendar reminds me, you have 10 minutes until you're going to meditate. So I try to wrap up whatever I'm doing and then I'll go and meditate. Um, everyone has to find out what works for them, obviously, but incorporating it into your life and picking just a few goals at a time. So I, I, I like what you're saying. And, and maybe we, we pick one or two of these things that we're going to focus on. Now we, we've got three options now that you've given us to, 
to focus on. Let's pick one or two and say, this is what we're going to really focus on for, I don't know, the next month or two until it becomes normal and natural and it's a habit. You no longer have to work to make that happen. And then you could pick another goal and you work on that until it's normal and natural and no longer requires this large amount of work to implement. Lee, I love what you just said in regards to picking uh, specific goals to work on and then kind of just because you have a great way of just like, all right, well, let's start here and then we'll build. Let's start here and then we'll build. And that gets at another, if you will, top 10, if you will, uh, factor related in terms of building resilience. And that is it's I'm going to link kind of what you just said, attending to your own health and well-being. So when we, and you're right, I mean, healthcare professionals, let's just be honest. I mean, I hate to say it, but the data is there. We suck at it. We just really (laughs) do. We really do. Heal or heal thyself. And by the way, when I say healthcare professional, I've always, I've credit my colleague Howard Straker with this. I want to be clear. I mean, everybody in a enterprise, administrative, PT, OT, physicians, nurses, social workers. If you have anything to do, PAs, NPs, if you have, if you were, if you step foot on this medical enterprise and you work and you serve, then that's who I'm talking about. But back to what Lee said in terms of the, um, in terms of that being aware and setting goals, that attending to your health and well-being, I think the biggest way to get at that actual factor involving resilience is to do what Lee just said, set small goals that you can follow. And I was so, I almost jumped up and down when she said, start to focus on the breathing. Everything comes back to the breath. All right. Because if you can control your breath, you can control your autonomic response and your fight or flight response, which is going to be very key in regards to burnout. But Lee, I'm going to put, I'm going to throw it back to you because I'm always, I always love hearing you talk. But if you had to think about one of my pet peeves uh, as a psychiatrist is how do we manage our sleep? How do we manage Mm. our sleep and attending to that? Because I'm convinced that, not convinced, I know my patients have taught me that if you manage to sleep, everything else eventually gets into line. What would be like, what are like, in terms of that, what you just said, in terms of starting small and then big and uh, getting growing, like what's a simple step people could do in terms of managing their sleep? Like a starting. Yeah, it's a a really great point. Sleep really is foundational and it's very similar. Lily, we've been like, oh, well, I'll sleep later. In fact, I've even heard many people say, well, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Uh, it doesn't work that way. You need to give your body a time to repair. It's like taking your car into the shop to getting the oil changed. If you just wait until it breaks, then that's not going to be good. So you do need to give yourself that time. Um, and I think giving yourself that time is the number one tip I can give you Mm. is making sure you have enough time to wind down, relax, let go of the day. Maybe you journal or you write a list so you're no longer worrying about all those things. Then you've given yourself enough time to get into bed, fall asleep, get the seven to nine hours of sleep that everyone needs, all of us. Um, There's a very, very small percentage of people that need less than seven hours, but most of us need seven to nine. So plan for that, not six, which is what a lot of people do. Um, And really give yourself that time to repair, give your body the time to, you know, it's important for memory and learning. Mm -hmm. There's so many things going on when you sleep. It is not wasted time at all. Mm -hmm. It is very important. Um, And you got to set yourself up for that. And not dissimilar from what I was saying, make it on your schedule. Like this is the time that I go to bed every night. This is the time that I get up every morning. And that's what I need to do to make sure that my mind and body are ready for the next day. 
I look, I agree with you. And I feel as though um, I was just talking in uh, with you and Janet. And one of the things that y'all said, look, Lorenzo, you need to sleep. Make sure that you because I, I was messing around with y'all and I said I didn't sleep. Actually, I didn't sleep. And you're like, no, you need to make sure <laughs> that you sleep. So see, audience, that's that's my team keeping me. That's that social support in effect right there for resilience. But Janet, one thing that, and as I've been working with y'all, just to bring Janet into this, something that I've noticed about you that I think actually is going to manifest as a resilience factor is that you're always cool, in my opinion, and calm under stress. You're not trying to do more than what you can do or less than what you can do. I mean, do you have any kind of way in which you think about it or as you approach things? Because you've had a lot of exceedingly interesting life experiences that I've been privileged to hear about from you. But is there anything that you utilize yourself to kind of make sure that you stay cool or calm in the situation? I have finally, after uh, years of being a stress monkey, for lack of a better term, (laughs) have um, embraced let go, let God. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. That's, ooh, let's pause. Okay, go for it. Keep going. Because as someone who is a breast cancer survivor, Mm -hmm. and I am convinced the stress, (laughs) some of that was stress, Mm -hmm. um, you have to let your body rest. Mm Mm-hmm. Whether that is taking a moment at work to just do some to do some breathing exercises as simple as just sitting in your chair, um, breathing in for four for a four count, holding for a five count and breathing out for seven. I think Lee likes to do four, four, four. I do. But, um, you know, take a moment. Or, you know, a few moments to do that, to bring yourself to a point where you can be calm, think rationally about mm-hmm. whatever the next step is that, that you are trying to accomplish at work. Because we all, it doesn't matter whether you are, are sitting at a desk in academia mm-hmm. or working in a fast food joint and it's the lunch rush and maybe during that lunch rush you can't take those moments to breathe but afterwards you're going to need that Mm -hmm. otherwise you're going to be in that fight or flight for I don't know how Mm -hmm. long which is not healthy for any of us Mm -hmm. so that's that's my attitude is you know you do what you can do the other stuff you just need to let go of. Well, Janet, um, one, as always, I thank you for sharing. And that you, and I knew you were going to, I didn't even know if you knew. I, I, I just, I, I just knew to ask you that question because you actually illustrated actually two of the next top 10 factors of resilience. All right. Uh, and y'all, I did not prep <laughs> that with Janet. She did that spontaneously. Okay. She did straight up. <laughs> So don't, it wasn't, so that, that was just, I just, I just went with the, with the spirit, so to speak. First, first thing she talked about was there's this concept, accept that which they cannot change. All right. That gets at that <clears throat> let go component. 
For those of you that are have heard the term radical acceptance, to me, when Janet said that, that's a version of that. Mm-hmm. Radical acceptance, in my mind, is one of the most powerful things that you can actually master and know how to utilize uh, just because of the power of it. It's It's been around for quite some time uh, as a form uh, in terms of spiritual practices, but it's most recently been heavily utilized in dialectical behavioral therapy, which is one of my favorite therapies, period. The other thing that uh, Janet said was let go, let God. Now, depending on one's spiritual practices. I'm not getting into that per se, but what it does get at is in a, in a, in terms of resilience, when you look at things is people that use religious or spiritual practices. Now I'm not talking about religion per se, in terms of you have to be this particular religion or that I'm talking about your connection to something bigger than yourself. At some point in time, y'all need to, you probably already have, you need to get my buddy, Christine Pakalski on the podcast from G wish to talk a bit about that. But Janet, just like that, she gave y'all two, big resilience factors. And, but that's a point. Every single person listening to this cast, you have actually done these things. You just have to actually, someone just has to tell you that you're doing it. And then you decide to do a little bit more of it. And the best thing about it, this is why I don't get into resilience is strength. When you listen to Janet speak, what I was struck by, a lot of times what comes out of resilience is just, you just basically learn how to breathe. And that's a big deal. If you, if you do nothing but learn how to control your breath so that you can be more aware in life, that is, that's huge. That's huge. Uh, thank you for sharing, Janet. All right, mm. please. I agree. And one thing that I, I find particularly powerful about the breath is that it's always with you. doesn't matter where you are. If you're on the metro, if you're at the top of the mountain, if you're at the beach, doesn't matter. You have your breath with you. So a, a lot of these things that we think we need to do to make ourselves feel better work out, go for a walk. I mean, they're all wonderful, but they maybe are a little bit more restricted and you can't always have access to them. But even in the middle of a meeting, you can take a moment and focus on your breath if you need it to calm down. And most people wouldn't even notice that you're doing that, right? So I think that's what's really powerful to me is it's always there. And it's something you can just kind of have by your side and knowing you have that tool with you no matter what. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think, uh, Lee, we've been talking a lot about um, resilience and well-being and different factors related to um, resilience. And I wanted to just kind of, since you all were so gracious enough to have me on the pod, I wanted to actually just talk just a little bit in what we are able to offer in the Resiliency and Well-Being Center, you know, it, since particularly since you and Janet have come along. And just to outline the services broadly for folks and, and stuff that makes sense, uh, the Resiliency and Well-Being Center in regards to our consultation process, we offer pretty much four things, okay? Um, one, we do one-on-one consultations with anybody, uh, but particularly one those consultations, leaders or managers or folks can ask to speak with a member of the Resiliency and Wellbeing Center, and we're going to work with you to customize, if you will, um, either an event or a program that's specific to your group and what it is that you're going through. The things that are different from this in regards to a lecture is that it's very and obviously it's evidence-based, but also it's very skill-based and also very goal-directed based off of what folks need. So there's a one-on-one consultation. Then off of that, we can offer, if you will, three basic forms of ways in which we interact with folks. The first is lecture. All right. So we can lecture. We can lecture in a, if you will, a traditional format with learning objectives and things of that nature, or we can lecture in an informal format uh, without the learning objectives. Regardless of that, typically when we do the lectures, Um, we typically are going to still be emphasizing a bit more activity, interaction, and things of that nature. So we have the lectures. The next thing is the workshops. Those are pretty, like, 
hands-on. We are really there trying to learn a skill. A, going back to what Lee said, a very specific skill that's going to help you in the here and now and in the future. So we're going to hone down. We're going to focus on something. It's going to be a lot less fury and a whole lot more boom. What is it that we can give you in the here and now? And that's usually picked by the manager as well as the group in collaboration for what it is that they need. And those workshops can be in communication. It can be in leadership. It can be in sleep. It can be in nutrition. It can be in recognizing burnout. It pretty much a lot of things are on the table if it, if it covers in resiliency and well-being. And then the other thing, uh, in addition to the, uh, the, the lectures and the workshop, is something actually that I'm pretty, I find a lot of meaning in, is that we create safe spaces. Let's be real. We have all been through so, so very much in this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And as we process it, as we come to terms with it, and are still coming to terms with it, we need places where we can actually just talk and connect with each other. When we create safe spaces and frequently leaders will excuse themselves from that, that is a confidential area in which we can just explore and talk without judgment and express. And the way I want you to think about it is that you can be safe, you can be non-judged, and you can let the possibility of those connections reestablish in a different way as as well as have an opportunity for mindful reflection. So in terms of the services that we offer from the educational uh, if you will, intervention type arm, those are pretty much the broad ones. So, and I'll turn, uh, let Lee like add stuff that she sees fit in regards to some of the stuff that we offer yeah. before we get to point. So I think one of the other things that we're for focusing on, it kind of fits in a lot of those bins that you talked about is just giving people the tools that they need, um, for whole health. So they, all the aspects of their life can be as, as good as they can at the moment to support their purpose. Um, and sometimes people think that's about perfection or maybe it's mm. about too many things and it's just impossible. And that that is absolutely not true. It's about doing the best that you can where you are in the moment and um, continual improvement. Uh, we might have setbacks, but that's okay. That's life. We have to get back in there and start over again. So I think changing mindsets is one of the things. We want to make sure people realize that it's, you know, because you, you, quote unquote, fell off your diet for lunch doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that everything else you've done is, is worthless. It's just, it's just part of life. You have to just recognize that and realize that, um, maybe figure out why you fell off the horse for that one. Um, but also just not punishing yourself and realizing that that's part of being human. We, we are designed to make mistakes. We are not machines. And, and that's, Mm -hmm. I think actually a good thing about being human is we have some character. Um, so giving people the skills such as understanding how to have a healthy diet, even if you're eating at the cafeteria at the hospital, right? Which is sometimes <laughs> not the easiest thing to do. Um, or maybe keeping healthy food on hand so you have snacks like that or or going for a walk at lunch, getting a little sunshine, de-stressing, all of these these small things that you can add and really become part of your life and 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 make them part of your your habit of of self-care. Uh, and making it easy. Uh, and ideally, we would like mm-hmm. to have this be kind of an institutional movement too, right? So it's not just about the individual or even the departments, but this is something that we at GW value. And because we at GW value it, it will become a culture that values it. And that culture mm-hmm. promotes all of these different aspects. Uh, for instance, actually taking vacation, right? Actually being <laughs> off, turning your phone <laughs> off, not checking emails. As we all laugh hysterically. <laughs> It's yeah. not easy to Keep do. Keep going. Keep, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, 
totally I, we laugh because it's true. Right. Because mm-hmm. outside of the U.S., that's not a thing at all, right? People will take a month off mm-hmm. and not check email. That would blow our mind. But so we have to change the culture. And I think that's a large part of what we are doing or hoping to do, at least, at the Resiliency and Wellbeing Center is to change the culture and, and change mindsets. Look, I agree completely. I Everything that Lee said, including heavily that the ultimate thing, the thing that's going to help us the most is the culture. The thing that's going to help us the most is the culture. And I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about the clinical stuff, but I, I'm still like just laughing about what she said about the vacations, the emails <laughs> and the phones. I mean, you said take a month off. I mean, I think it would be hard for people to take like 10 minutes off without checking their email. I, I mean, we had how much, how much stuff that we have to turn off before we recorded this podcast. It's embarrassing. <laughs> so uh, the folks know it, it really was, it really, our producer was just like, Oh my God, what are we going to do with this podcast? They won't turn, Norris won't turn off all his stuff, but in any event, all right. Uh, and re- that's the educational and intervention arm. And I really emphasize what Lee said in regards to culture, because that's going to be the key thing in regards to creating a resilient organization. Now, in terms of for lack of better word, other interventions that are more clinical, uh, there's three that in this particular cast I want to highlight. The first is our Caring for the Caregivers program, um, and that is our peer support program in which we train uh, faculty, staff, as well as managers in regards to how to provide peer support for each other. Uh, and it has three components to it, psychological first aid, uh, distress, uh, how, how you recognize somebody um, in distress, and also a modified version of the HOPE modules, which is a therapy specifically developed by Dr. James Griffith here at the GW Department of Psychiatry to combat demoralization. So it's top-notch. It was um, the person leading that is Brandon Court, a researcher as well as a member of the Department of Psychiatry, who basically spent two decades of his life going around creating scalable psychological services in essentially every part of the globe. And he's not going to be doing it in New York City. If you've been following the little um, videos around Ross Hall or any place else. So really proud of uh, Dr. Court. And so that, so the Caring for the Caregivers program uh, is out there and that's going to be big. The other things that I wanted to uh, emphasize is our partnerships with uh, the employee assistance program in terms of making sure that those that are having like really, really, really significant or acute needs there, those are getting met. Um, and then the other thing that I wanted to um, highlight uh, is the talk space program that we are currently uh, doing in collaboration with the Office of Student Support, as well as with others. And that is a virtual asynchronous text best message based uh, psychotherapy program, which we've now have a live video component. So those three, if you will, entities are select clinical offerings that I'm highlighting right now. There will be more coming down the future, but those help us address things from, if you will, a bit more of a population uh, level. And what I'm hoping to everyone realizes that even though we're the Resiliency and Wellbeing Center, part of our job is to work with, coordinate, and collaborate with all entities. To go back to what Lee said about culture, resiliency shouldn't live in one particular spot. It needs to manifest throughout the entire uh, organization. Absolutely. Yes. And I, I feel like that's one of the great things about the Resiliency and Wellbeing Center is our mission isn't within any one department. We are mm-hmm. throughout the medical enterprise. So I, I think that's going to be a really important part of how we actually affect change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, Lee. And then the other thing I just wanted to talk about just in regards to Resiliency and Wellbeing Center is Janet has done, really done a lot of work mm-hmm. in regards to um, developing uh, the current website. 
um, which is for the former uh, website was the GWAL Center for Healthcare Professionals. And uh, before I even go about how to access the services, I actually want to give um, uh, an acknowledgement and nod and hand clap dap to uh, Dr. Kaylin Baban, who was yes. uh, the first chief yes. wellness officer here at uh, GW, who really basically got people really starting to think about wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, she really did yeoman's work with very limited resources. And Dr. Baban has continually been a source of inspiration to many people in the GW medical enterprise. I mean, she's, she's obviously still uh, here, but I just wanted to acknowledge her efforts because even though Lee and I are presenting this to you, there was work that was going on for many, even before Dr. Baban came, but for at least four to five years easily before we are at this point. So I wanted to take that moment to acknowledge all the work that uh, Dr. Baban has put in uh, across the GW Medical Enterprise. So, but in terms of accessing the services now, you could actually go to the uh, the, the Resiliency and Wellbeing Center um, website and we have a consult consultation uh, actually, well, form, and that's how you can do the consults, all right, in terms of accessing our consul- consultation services. And also, we have an email where you could email uh, us at the Resiliency and Wellbeing Center, and that's how you could maybe start to get more information about, say, for instance, some of the free clinical uh, services that we talked about. So all of that is available, and we strong, we we, I love it when people like contact me, but you know, we, we really, we don't want to miss anything. So we really encourage everybody to use <laughs> all of those, those services, uh, because we, we don't seriously, we don't want to miss anybody. We don't want to miss anybody. So, I mean, uh, use those things. Now, obviously if you Please approach us or whatever, form, folks. yeah, yeah but, but, but in, in sincerity, <laughs> I mean, we want you to use the form, but I know good and well, y'all are going to grab us like walking down the hallway, but just you can do that, but also just please use the form. And I'm going to tell you another reason why. When you use the form, it helps us track data and it helps us advocate for you. Mm-hmm. It helps us advocate for you because it gives us a record, you know. And if we don't, we, we want everybody to show, to, we want everybody to see just how resilient everyone at GW is and how they work actively to not only utilize resources, but advocate for themselves. So you using the forms and the formal email is very helpful. But, but, don't let that stop you. If you need us, just come and grab us. We'll 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 be there. We'll work it out. I know Jan, I know Jansen like Norris. I know. I know. I know. She, she's gonna kill me after this pass. She, she's not gonna no. she's not gonna let go and let God on that one. She's gonna be like Norris. Nah, that's something we can control. I already, I, I know what you're gonna say. Now remember, it's Earth, Wind, and Fire Day, so you can't be mad at me. You, can't, you gotta you gotta you gotta embrace some stuff. So anyway, all right, all right. Let me stop. Let me stop. Go ahead, Joe. So I think we've gotten a, a really good handle on what resiliency and well-being is, what the center is doing, um, l- at least right now. But I know there's a lot more planned for the future. So what do we have to look forward to? Well, we are bringing on board a behavioral health director. Yes. And um, once she is here, then we are going to bring bring on board a physician assistant slash physician associate or whatever you want to um, refer to the profession. I just like to use PA. <laughs> yes, that's certainly simpler. <laughs> all right. So, yes, we are bringing on a, a behavioral health director as well as a PA. So uh, not a a. a, 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 a we, the people that we've been interviewing right now have been, I think that we're going to bring in some people that are, I know we're going to bring in some people that are talented. And why is this relevant? Because um, 
they're going to hit the ground running. They're going to help us with program development. They're going to help us see people. They're going to be part of the team, just like this. I mean, so you're going to hopefully in another podcast, you're going to hear uh, from those folks once they're onboarded. And that is definitely, I want to thank Lee and Janet, as well as uh, the School of Medicine, uh, you know, uh, leadership, Dean particularly Dean Bass. Yes, big shout out to Dean Bass. Um you know, in regards to really in these very challenging times, making this a priority. So this has definitely been a lot of work um, and it is it's, it's happening. So I'm really excited for with our behavioral health director and the PA coming on board to Resiliency and Wellbeing Center, the opportunities for further collaboration, partnership and growth, particularly looking at 2022 and how we serve this GW medical enterprise is going to be amazing. I personally am looking forward to it because I, I'm going to really be able to practice those restorative sleep practices that Lee talks about. <laughs> I'm going to be able to take that breath. I'm going to be able to do all of those different things. So those are very exciting developments. Absolutely. And and we are, we are growing from seed as I'm starting to use the term. So this, this takes time and we are trying to do it right rather than just push something up. So there will be a lot more to come in the future and you can follow us on our website when we'll be using that to, to communicate with everyone and put our resources up there and whatnot. Um, and I'm sure we'll have a follow-up podcast as well. No, yeah, absolutely. 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 And I, I would, I would look forward to, you know, joining y'all in the follow-up podcast. I really enjoyed, uh, obviously, I mean, just for the audience, I mean, I, I, I talk with Lee and Janet, like, you know, constantly, <laughs> but I mean, but this is a different venue. So, I mean, so this is their podcast. So I really appreciate that. And, you know, you all said, Janet and Lee, y'all said some things that I find very meaningful and powerful. And I hope the audience, you know, takes away. I mean, you emphasize this idea of, you know, a lot of this in terms of resiliency and well-being just starts with acknowledgement and awareness. I mean, I think, Lee, you, you started with, take a break. And I think like during that break, that's when you take that breath. And when you're in that, when you're taking that breath and you're breathing in and out, you know, I love what you said, like, how can you do your best in the moment? And then I, I, with that, then once you've decided on that, I think about what Janet said, all right, now that I know that I'm going to let go and I'm going to let God. All right. And then you just move forward. Because, uh, you know, motion is lotion. That's another one that I love that Lee says. So I think if you if you just take that, y'all, if y'all take that, I mean, you know, you don't you wouldn't even have to set up an appointment with me. Just kind of take those four elements or whatever, practice them. And I think that you you will find improvement in your life. So thank you all for having me on the podcast. Looking forward to doing more. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. We're excited for the future. And I just can't think of two other people I'd rather be working on this center with. So thank you both. Oh, thank All you. Right. The feeling is mutual. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is the GW Integrative Medicine Podcast from the GW Office of Integrative Medicine and Health. I'm Dr. Lee Frame. And I'm Janet Rodriguez. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.